0: Of you are quick hearers and you got it, and you're like, man, I want to leave right now and go write that down. You're actually welcome to do that. Uh, just one other announcement: Sunday, January 27th, we're going to start a new series. We're going to go through the Gospel of Mark from January 27 through Easter, April 21, and the week of January 27, we'll be starting a new series of transforming groups. That's Vineyard Speak for our small groups. So. Um, if you are a small group leader, um, I'm going to be in contact with you over the next couple of weeks to let you know what we're going to be doing. If you're interested in hosting, leading or being a part of a, of a small group, I put my email right there. Email me during the sermon. Legal. OK, uh, if you want to be a part of a group, because uh, life happens in groups, it happens together. So we want to make sure that you get to be a part of that. It's going to be fun as we sort of uh, scamper through Mark together for a couple of months. Okay. Um, I know I've said this before, but I'll say it again. My favorite class in seminary, my f- most favorite class was by a guy named Dr. Wayne Grudem, and it was on the character of God. So we spent a whole semester just hearing about, talking about, learning about, praying to, worshiping God, his character and his being. And we went through all the attributes of God that we could find in the Bible. It was really an awesome class. I have a a file this thick. I just love, I go over it. It was not uncommon in Dr. Grudem's class that we would be talking about something, some part of God, majesty, beauty, eternity, whatever it is. And Dr. Grudem, very tender heart towards the Lord, brilliant mind, tender heart, great combo, would just stop and say, I think we need to worship. And all these people scribbling notes would go, what a relief. <laughs> Put it, and we would just worship or pray. Because as we were learning about God, we were coming to God himself. I just loved that class. And we talked about communicable attributes of God. Those are those attributes that God shares with us, like love or mercy. We can see the love of God. And because God's loved us, we can love others. We receive the mercy of God. And because God's been merciful to us, We can be merciful to others. Those are communicable attributes. And then there are those incommunicable attributes, those aspects of, of God's character or his being that as much as we might try, we, we can't, we can't imitate them. Eternity. Some of you feel very old, but I promise you are not eternal. (laughs) You will be. But you are not. You did not exist before the foundation of time. If anyone remembers before the foundation of time, I'd like to hear about it. But no. God's immutable. He's unchanging. Now, some of us are pretty rigid. But once again, we can't imitate the unchangeability of God because God himself is unchanging in his character and his being. It's outside the character of God to say one thing and do another. To change. His heart is moved, but his character, his being is never changed. So you've got the communicable attributes and the incommunicable attributes. And we're going to spend these four weeks before January 27th talking about some of these attributes. I was thinking about it this week and the incommunicable attributes, you know, those big ones, sovereignty, eternity, things like that. Those cause us to walk before God once we understand them. To walk before God with awe, in worship, with humility. The communicable attributes, the ones that we see in the life of Jesus or we see worked out in the life of the spirit in the church. Those are those attributes that remind us that as great and awesome as God is, he's also near to us and invites us into intimacy. And probably each of us have a tendency there. We either we either look towards the that you know the grandness of God or we focus on the nearness of God. And we're going to talk about those two attributes today. That grandness of God, that 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 aspect of God whereby He is completely other than us is called transcendence. They like to use big words. Transcendence is that aspect of God where we realize He's completely other than us, though we can We can understand things about God. He is completely outside of our realm of complete understanding. If anyone tells you, I understand God completely, (laughs) no, you don't. He's transcendent. He's completely beyond. God is above, other than, distinct from all that he has made. And at the same time that God is transcendent, he's also imminent. Now, make sure you hear the word right. About 10% of you are really listening closely. Imminent with an I means the, the pre- Jesus is coming soon, right? His return is imminent. He could come at any time. Be ready. Before the end of this sermon, before the football game, you know, he could come at any time. We're talking about imminence with an A. And what that means is the nearness of God. That God is, while he's transcendent and completely other, he has chosen to reveal himself in intimate ways connected with his creation. He's not just out there big and other. He's right here. We felt his presence during worship. We heard his voice during prayer. So there's transcendence and there's imminence and those a, uh an incommunicable attribute we can't be transcendent like god sometimes i think google is trying to make us that <laughs> but then there's the communicable aspect of that his imminence he is near to us and because god has drawn near to us we can draw near to one another we can experience intimacy A.W. Tozer says, the most important thing about you is what comes into your mind when you think about God. You think about God. the, The most important thing is when you're thinking about God, how do you conceive of him? If we have a faulty view of God, as many of us have and probably still do in some ways, we'll have a faulty relationship with God. So that's why theology is actually important for us. When we're worshiping, we're doing theology, right? Because we are we are uh, doing what is natural to the being who realizes they were created by someone bigger and grander. These two truths, transcendence, God is completely other than his creation, and imminence, he's near to us, even in us, are linked together in Ephesians 4.6. So Paul's writing and he says, Not what A.W. Tozer says. He says something else. Mm, Let's skip that one too. There is one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. Paul only needed one sentence to give my 30-minute message. There is one God and Father, and he is over all, completely transcendent. He's in all, completely present and imminent to all. And actually living through all. Somehow, the God who created us climbed inside us. Isn't that a wild thought? What would the implications be in our lives if we really grasped that reality? The creator climbed into the creature to show what it looks like to live in perfect relationship with the God of the universe. That's just kind of wild stuff, and we have the rest of our lives to sort of figure that out. So let's talk first this morning about transcendence, Isaiah 55. For, um, yeah, for thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I d- dwell in the high and holy place. And also with him who was of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Before this, just two chapters before, when Isaiah is having this interaction with God and trying to figure out, God, how do you work? He says, God, your ways are what? Higher than my ways. Completely different than me. There is a sense in which we have no way to completely understand God who is high and lifted up, we're not talking about distance, we're talking about essence. Not he's just bigger and grander, but he's completely different than. We have no real way to completely understand what it means that he inhabits eternity. How could he have been before the beginning? Doesn't that make the beginning irrelevant? Well, only if you're a human, but not if you're God whose name is holy, and we'll talk about holiness next week. You know, that's a little scary. So next week we're going to talk about holiness. (laughs) We're also going to talk about mercy, because they go together. uh, The fact that God's ways are so far above ours that we can't completely understand him has implications for us. It means that we can't define God in terms of what we understand about human relationships. I know someone who is struggling with this concept of hell. Okay, it's not a fun concept, right? And one of the things that this person is is saying is, you know, I would never treat my creatures, my children, like you say this God treats those who do not believe in Jesus. How do you deal with the concept of hell? And I'm not dealing with the concept of hell today. But I am saying this, we cannot define God in terms of our own emotional, intuitive understanding. When someone says, well, God couldn't be like that because I wouldn't be like that. I think the reference point is mixed up, right? Does that make sense? God's completely other than us. So when we start saying, well, because I feel like this, then God must feel like this. We've got things turned around. God is very emotional. But our emotion comes from him. His doesn't come from us. Transcendent means that he's beyond the universe, beyond our intelligence and even our imagination. It means that there are necessarily limits to our understanding of God. And it's one of the reasons that I feel comfortable when somebody comes to me, says, Randy, I have a question about the Bible. I have a question about God. And if I don't know the answer, you know what I say? I don't know. And I'm completely comfortable saying that. I don't know. There are parts of God and the Bible that are just mystery. One of the things I love about the Vineyard as a movement is we're not afraid of mystery. When we come to the communion table, what's going on here? I don't know. Jesus is here somehow. We can encounter him. There's mystery there, right? The transcendence of God helps us become more comfortable with mystery in our lives. It also means that God is not bounded by time like us. And so, like I talked about on on Christmas Eve, God can be eternally ever-present to every moment of our lives. It's why we pray for people to be healed from wounds of the past. Because God, living unbounded, outside of time, can be present to that hurt and bring healing that manifests itself today. How many have... Had some healing in their lives emotionally, spiritually. Because why? God's not bound by our time. Oh darn, we missed it. Guess we can't ha- help you at all. God doesn't work that way. Some people say, well, "Wait, God, you know I'm going after you. I'm going after you hard, and I'm praying. And I'm giving my whole life to you. And then ah, you let this bad thing happen. What are you doing, God?" I say, well, "Wait a minute." <laughs> I'm not sure we get to ask God that question. God is doing something. He's doing something grand. But it, our relationship with God doesn't work like I do nice things for you, you do nice things for me. That makes us equal. No, it doesn't work that way. Heck, marriage doesn't even work that way. <laughs> <laughs> Exodus 15:11, Moses is singing a song about God who has just freed the people after 400 years of slavery, he says, Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? Glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, performing great wonders. You know what the answer is? No one. No one is like that God. His transcendence inspires awe, worship, and humility. His, his He defines greatness, power, glory, victory, majesty. Transcendence, the I understanding of it, helps us to understand those two irrefutable facts that we deal with every day out there in the world. Number one, there is a God. You just look at nature, just look out, look at creation. Say, that's random? I don't think so. There is a God. And the number two, I am not Him. <laughs> so the second is more frustrating than the first, right? Transcendence helps us realize there is a God. I am not him. You know what that means? That means my will does not need to be imposed on the world around me. No nudging. It means that my anger won't bring about God's righteousness. Because there is a God and I'm not him. Spend a minute in nature. Look with the eyes of your heart. You realize there's a God. Spend another minute there. You realize God is amazing. Spend another minute there and nature and you'll end up in worship i remember um, being in northern ireland and looking at this vast expanse of the water and, and and standing on these rocks and there's wind going everywhere and i started to cry and i'm not a big emotional like cry at everything type person but i was in awe of god's transcendent beauty and i heard the lord say to me subjectively I heard it in my mind I'm just looking out and I'm crying and I heard the Lord say I'm grander this is grand we were in Ireland so that's how they talk God said I'm grander what links transcendence he's completely other and imminent he's right here he's near to us Isaiah 57:15 Thus says the one who is high and lifted up who inhabits eternity whose name is holy I dwell in the high and the holy place and aren't you thankful for and yeah. and also with him or her who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite God who is holy other than us Not a part of the creation, but as creator, utterly different than us. And yet he said, where will I live? Hmm, I think I'll live with you, Ian. Not that you're particularly contrite or, you know. We're all lowly. You're just one of us, right? The God of the universe would say, I want to make a home in you. So I was looking at that verse, and you guys know I love Hebrew words. So I looked them up. Contrites. I thought, well, God, you're near the contrite. I want to know what contrite means. You know what the Hebrew word for contrite means, literally? Dust. That got me, you know? So who is he close to? Dust. Do you ever feel like dust? Do you ever feel like, man, I just feel like dirt? <laughs> God is near to dirt. We've been made from it. He breathed his life into dirt. Lowly spirit. He's close to the one who is lowly in spirit. Two, word, two Hebrew words. The second one is ruach. That means spirit or breath. The first one is the Hebrew that word that means, I'm not joking, this is Hebrew. I read it in the book, depressed. I mean low, you know, down low, but literally or figure, figuratively depressed. I read that and I said, I realized God is close to the depressed. God lives with the depressed. He's got a lot of people to hang out with these days. And you might be one of them. I sometimes am one of them. But this concept of eminence, that God is not only high and above and holy and eternal and all of that, but he's chosen to live in my depressed dust. I know that's amazing. That's awesome. That inspires both awe and worship. Against humility, but it inspires also this realization that he said, I want to be intimate with you. I mean, literally, God is saying, I will get in the dirt with you. That's, I think that's pretty good. On your worst day, you can say, Okay, God, here I am, depressed dust. What do you want to do today? What does it say that he does for depressed dust? It says the word is to revive the heart of the contrite. Any guesses on that Hebrew word? Lynn, you're not allowed because you know too much. To revive. Anybody want to guess? Come on, throw it out. Fiddler on the roof. Fiddler on the roof. La'chayim. Chaya is the Hebrew word for life. To bring life when they toast. Has no one ever seen Fiddler on the Roof? When they toast, Lachaim, they're saying what? To life. To prosperity. To hope. To the life of God inside depressed dust. And what God does, he says, this high and lofty one, he comes down. And to depressed dust, he says, I'll give you life. The breath of the Holy Spirit in us. So you have hope. The eternal God is present to bring life to our every moment implications God is holy and to be worshiped but he wants to have a relationship and not just a relationship through these words though this is good when I was dating Jane I didn't want to just have a relationship with the notes that she sent to me I wanted her so this is good this this tells us a lot about God But God's saying more than just my words to you, my word to you. His name is Jesus. I want to have a relationship. Hebrews 1, 1 to 3. Just listen to it. It's not on the screen. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The sun, we're talking about Jesus here, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. He wants to have a relationship with us. So much so that John 1, in the beginning, the word already existed. Remember, he's the eternal one outside of time. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. And then it says the word gave life to everything that was created. In John 1.14, we just celebrated. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory. The glory of the Father's one and only Son. And so the God who's completely other says, I'm going to make my house in you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be near to you if you're brokenhearted. I'm going to come close to you if you feel like dirt. Yes, I'm holy, but Jesus was willing to shed that image of God and come down and be a man so we could see what it would look like for God to live in the dirt. And we're following him every day. It's a dirty world. And we get to go and show how the people can be clean. We read in the Bible over and over, fear not, fear not. We think, why do we read that so many times? Well, at least two reasons. One, there are a lot of things to be afraid of out there. (laughs) But the reason that God can say fear not over and over and over again is because it's always followed by, I'm with you. Don't be afraid of the circumstances. I'm with you. Don't be afraid of the things in the future you can't figure out. I'm there. I'm with you. I'm present to that moment. And even deeper, if you're allowed to say this, than God being with us. John 14. Jesus says, since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know, listen to this, that I am in my Father... So there's Jesus completely in God, the father. And you are in me. So where's Jesus in the father? And where are we in Jesus? And then Jesus turns it all around and says, and I'm in you. And so just spend the next 20 years of your life trying to figure that out. (laughs) That's imminence. Can you get closer than being in one who is in God And who altogether is in you? That's pretty close. Augustine, I don't know, 4th century, I think, said, God is actually closer to us than our own being. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And so we hold transcendence and eminence. Transcendence. Transcendence helps us accept mystery in our spiritual life and eminence helps us realize God's great invitation to intimacy. So maybe walking with Jesus, a good description of the spiritual life of the believer is intimate mystery. It sounds a lot like marriage. I I mean it, right? We've been married 32 years and Jane is a mystery to me. That's not a joke. That's a beautiful reality. And yet we have intimacy, and it's it's ever growing, right? Which is how we're called to be with God. There's mystery; we'll never understand them all. He'll he'll he'll, he'll just he'll just shock us <laughs> over and over again. So often with his love and intimacy. Let's stand. I'd Like to ask the ministry team to come forward, and Lynn, if you would come and play, and we're going to take oh I don't know five minutes or so just here together. And respond to God. So I want to invite you as I'm a uh, ministry team. Come on up. Stand right up in front. I want to invite you as I'm um, just saying a few last words and praying that at any point you sense. I need a, a greater sense of a greater understanding of God's transcendence. You know, we don't get to pick one or the other. You don't get to say, well, I'm sort of a transcendence type person. You know, God is holy. That intimacy stuff makes me scared. Jesus came, lived, and died to bring you close, not to make you afraid. You can't say, well, I'm just, you know, the nearness of God, the ooey-gooey Jesus is my pal. We're brothers. And forget that he's completely, totally other. And that inspires reverence and awe and worship and Holy fear and humility. So my guess is there's an invitation for many of us this morning. Maybe you need a a greater sense of God's grandness, his transcendence. I'd ask you to come forward and let someone pray for you. Or just be on the floor here before God. Or maybe you need a greater sense of that invitation that God gives to each of us to be intimate. Yes, emotional. Yeah, right in the heart and the passion and the compassion and the emotions of God. So I'm going to pray. We're going to take some time to be quiet. And at any point you want someone to pray for you or you just want to be before God, I invite you to come forward. God, we thank you that you have created us. And that you are awesome. And I ask, Lord, that you would, by the Holy Spirit, inspire a sense of your grandness in your people at the vineyard this morning. You would inspire deeper levels of humility, awe, worship, reverence. radical middle living joyfully in the tension that you are worthy of it all and, and yet you gave up it all to, to be near to us so we ask Lord that you would give us grace to draw near to you to be honest with you with our emotions and our questions and our thoughts and our love Holy Spirit come and move among us now. We just wait, God. We just wait for you. God is inviting some of you right now for this next year to press into transcendence, worship, humility, or to press into intimacy, love. God, we thank you that you are right now present to every moment of our lives, past, present, and future. And we give you worship, and we give you honor, and we give you glory. And we ask that you would fill our hearts with your love. So that we would overflow into a world that is desperate for your intimate touch. pray in Jesus' name.